Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. Uh, today we have a very special guest. He is very near and dear to our hearts because he's on the team, and I think he may have had the biggest win uh, in team history. I know we have two Oceanside champs, but this is probably like the most storied race. It's Mark Dubrick taking the win at Escape from Alcatraz. Mark, how are you feeling? It was yesterday, wasn't it? Yeah, it feels like it's been a week already. Um, but yeah, definitely the biggest race win of my career. And yeah, thanks for having me on. It's good to see your beautiful faces. I've missed these two Canadians. <laughs> well, we can't see Mark, so... We're just going to assume he looks like shit, but only it's only been a day. feels like a week. What do you mean by that? Has it been like a whirlwind? Have you been on cloud nine, not sleeping or anything? Because you've got so much as, as James, as our coach would say, post-race adrenaline. Yeah. A mix of kind of everything. Uh, it's still kind of sinking in like the result is, but just a really long day of, I mean, there's a lot that goes into the race. Um, as far as planning and then you have to get up really early to make the ferry and set up the transition. And then I didn't end up like taking a nap or anything. And I had a 10 PM flight. So I didn't get back to Boulder until 2 AM. So I was up for like 22 hours, which was a mistake getting that really late flight, but it's nice being back now. Was it a mistake or did it feel good to sleep in your own bed? Well, I don't really have a home, so it's not really my bed. <laughs> That's true. But it is, it's been my bed for the last two weeks, at least. So, obviously, we want to go over the race as the main thing. But I think even before that, like, obviously, this is, I think, your best performance ever, at least in a non-drafting race. So, but we saw, like, in St. George, you had a really good day there. You're, you're gaining momentum, obviously. So, like, how is this year gone in terms of like, obviously you've improved a lot from the start of the year. What do you attribute that to? And like, has this been part of your plan to like start to try to peak like, you know, in the summertime or is this kind of just gradually gaining more experience and just getting better and better? Uh, a little of both. I mean, this was obviously a huge race that I signed up for pretty late, but I was going to be, you know, I was going to do everything I could to be ready. I don't have another race for another, another month. So there's no reason to be um, like, I was going to be fully rested for this, I guess. But I mean, this just shows a lot of like a lot of the work I did in the off season coming off like Pucon. I just hit the weight room a bit more. That's something I'd never done before. And I've been super consistent with that. And then a lot of big hours on the bike. So those are two big things that I've, you know, my coach and I, James Peterson, we've, we've changed recently a bit more focus in the weight room. And then obviously a lot more hours on the bike. And that started back in January. And I think for training, it's not, it's never like one week later, two weeks later that you see those gains. It's now, you know, we're in June, all that stuff I did months ago. That's what I'm feeling. And it's just this consistency of, of training that's going to start showing now, or it started showing obviously before I had a great race at St. Anthony's. Uh, ball was rolling a little bit more at a great race at St. George ball is rolling even more. And, and now obviously things clicked very well for, for this. And I'm excited for the rest of the season. There's a lot of 
big races left and who knows what will happen. So before we get too deep into other stuff, why don't you take us through the race? Um, start with race morning into the swim and then uh, go from there. And just explain the race a little bit, like what are the distances and stuff? Cause it's a weird race. Yeah. If people have heard of it, it's like a very Mark Dubrick race. When I saw that you were racing, I was like, this is like for you. <laughs> I actually heard that a few times and I was like, you know, what? I think it is a race for me, you know? So obviously it's known for, for the epic start of the swim. They drop you right off, off the shore side or whatever south side of uh escape from sorry from alcatraz island and you swim to shore with the current some you kind of swim across the current but with the current as well um so the swim distance i think they said was supposed to be 1.2 miles or something but again like you don't know because the current changes they don't know exactly where they'll drop you um you don't know how wavy it is there's no buoys nothing so like that's and that's my jam like a big very uncertain race course but also brought like a lot of not racing not like anxiety in a way but my plan was to push the swim really hard and if i was in the front it's on me to go straight it's on me to sight well um so it, it was a big risk going the direction i did we can get into this a little bit later but i went as straight as i possibly could which to me, that was like a no-brainer, uh, where most people kind of cross the current first, and then they take the shoreline um, in, and then, yeah, I, was, I knew I was strong enough to, to cut straight. Um, so, yeah. I sorry. heard, so Eric Lagerstrom, in his post, mentioned about how you took a different line than they did. So, you guys were together for a bit, and then you broke off, or, like, how did that play out? Yeah, so the, the start, like I said, is super epic. You line up men and women, all the elites on the side of this ferry. And then they start you all together. And I was on the way right side. Um, they were on the left side, the shore side, I guess. But we're all obviously really close. And I just went my own way right away. Didn't see anyone ever. There was a lead like boat with a buoy on the back, but I ended up getting ahead of that. And, <laughs> and then I think at one point, maybe like 20 minutes in, it saw me and then like, I saw it pass me and, and kind of start leading me in a bit. Um, but yeah, I didn't, I wasn't with anyone ever on the swim and I was okay with that. I was, I went out pretty hard and then was able to settle into, you know, a pretty good tempo, but it was super choppy and not like consistent waves or anything. It was just coming from all directions. Um, so it was actually pretty tough finding a good breathing that, pattern because you never know. That's, when. Yeah, that's some really good like awareness. So I did this race way back in the day. And uh, I remember just like being like, I'm just going to follow people because I was so lost and kind of so scared to like miss the shoreline. The fact that you just like, were like, yep, I'm going off on my own. And, um, you know, I, you could see where you're going the whole time. Cause it is choppy. It's pretty choppy when you're swimming out there. And yeah, there really is just the lead boat. I think for me, it was like, this is Andy Potts. He's done it a bunch of times. I'm just going to stick with this guy. <laughs> and I was like scared. <laughs> right. Well, it's it's I mean, also 30 minutes. Like it took you 30 minutes, which was the fastest by about a minute and a half. And to have, so it must be like a mile and a half and with no buoys and stuff like that could be really difficult. So that's super interesting, but also the dynamic of like 30 minutes of swimming and then the bike and run are both like in the 40 to 50 ish range or something. So it's not like 
it's a very strange race in that regard where the swim takes up a big chunk of the race. So you were able to get a really good gap there. Right. But what's unique too, is like, we didn't know it was going to be 30 minutes. I had no idea like how long it was going to take. Um, they could, yeah, so how do you pace it? <laughs> They've even had a nine minute swim there before. Um, so that would have sucked. Uh, so there was, there's two, like, or three points that you're, that the race tells you to sight off of. Um, and I, you can kind of see the last point. There's this yacht club with a red roof from the ferry. You could see it, but for the first 10 minutes, it was really, really hard to see during the swim. You had to kind of sight on top of a wave. And, you know, that's a good tip for, for people. Um, if you can time when you get on top of a wave to sight, that's the best time and you get the best view. Obviously it takes good practice and it's hard when the waves come in, coming in at different directions, but you get a really good view of what you need a site for. Nice. So you get on the beach, you're in the lead and then it's, it's like a beach run to the transition. And then is that right? Mm-hmm. And it has a bike. It's uh, they, they have uh, an option for you to set up a mini transition one or transition, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. One tw- a, um, but no, none of the pros did that. So you get off the beach right away. Um, and then you have a half mile run to the start of transition barefoot on pavement and I just I actually ran really fast I had a little mishap they actually tried sending me into the the transition 1a like as the the way to go and I'm like I don't have any stuff in here and they kept they kept telling me no you have stuff you have stuff I'm like no I don't (laughs) so then I (laughs) I made it out of that maze um made my way to transition and yeah it was a quick like quick transition and out on the bike and that's kind of the only time I was able to see people so the bikes and out and back with a like I think a four mile like lollipop so it's a loop at the end but there's no opportunity to see anyone um, unless you're super far ahead of them like on the bike or you see them when they're coming in from the swim and you're leaving on the bike so I was able to see Eric I was able to see Miguel and Vittoria actually was pretty high up there um, so, but again, it's like, I don't know how long they were going to take in transition. And I was just for the whole time on the way out in the bike, I was like, when are they going to catch me? When are they going to catch me? Um, and they ended up never, never catching me. And they only actually made up like 10 seconds, I think, on the 18 mile course. Yeah, you basically, I was wondering, like you almost had the fastest splits in all three. So Jason West was there and like, you must have been thinking about him, of course, especially on the run, because obviously that dude's super quick. Where, like, I know it looked like he just kind of gradually lost time all day. Were you, did you see him at all, or was he just kind of off the back a little bit? Yeah, I didn't see any of the guys, really, because when we made it to the far part of the course, by the time I'm coming back, I was only able to see maybe the front girls um, and maybe right. a few there's only they're on the lollipop, right? Yeah, because the lollipop, they were in there. Um, but no, I didn't see him at all. But he's he was the one who was in the back of my mind the whole time, and he kind of motivated obviously Eric as well, motivated my like effort on the bike. It was still pretty controlled, like, I felt super good on the bike. I was my my bike computer messed up, it was trying to pause the whole time because of the San Francisco overcast, the GPS just wasn't, wasn't having fun. So they kept pausing on me, but I think my normalized power was about right. And that was about 333. Ooh, um, that's a big was, jump. 
I was pushing the ups quite a bit and on the downs I was on a lot of them I was honestly not even not even pushing hard I was just resting the legs it was pretty bumpy on the downs and I knew I'd make up most of the time on the ups yeah for sure that's the way to do it on the hilly ones um but yeah that's and then the run so you get to the run you had a big lead but you maybe didn't know how much it was um the run has like a sand ladder and I don't even know what that what is a sand ladder is it just like stairs yeah so it's kind of funny I was I was able to see the whole bike course um that I got there on Thursday race was Sunday so I was able to do all the bike course but it's hard to preview it just like the swim you can't preview this you can't even see like the line on the swim so you're just kind of going in blind until you get to the ferry same with the bike you can preview it but there's so many stop signs there were so many um, turns and it's a city, you know, there's so many cars. So the race is the only time you're really able to go full speed. And the course looks a lot and it feels a lot different. It looks a lot different when you're going 30 miles an hour instead of whatever, 15, 20 miles an hour when you're stopping for every stop sign. Yeah. Um, same with the run. I was, it was a bit far for me to, to make it to the, to the course or all of it. Um, so I didn't really know what the sand ladder was going to feel like. I saw lots of pictures and videos, but it's pretty much just a legit ladder laid down on this really steep uphill sand dune. Uh. And there's 400 like rungs that you step on. Some are buried by sand. Some are open, uh, like above the sand and it feels like a proper step, but yeah, that thing was brutal. Well, and people forget too that you run a mile on the beach before hitting the sand ladder, right? Yeah, your legs are, or my legs were trashed after. Yeah. Um, and then this year they let you go to the like hard packed part of the beach. So near the water, you could go on that on the way out. And then you hit this little U turn and then come back also on the hard packed sand. So that was kind of nice. Um, but the sand ladder is like, so I actually like, fell on the sand ladder but you uh there's like <laughs> railings i guess it's just wire but you can like it help to use those as you pull yourself up i actually think i got the fastest time on that as well i thought there was a preem but i don't i haven't heard anything since well when they heard you won the race they just removed all the preems half the prize <laughs> yeah. right so um yeah i mean it was just such a fun run when you get off the sand ladder you still have you still have a half a mile up hill as well on this like gravel trail. this is sounding like a great race for me to never do but it sounds like it's awesome for you because you're good in hills really good and obviously the swim and even in the finishing shoot i saw that you're doing a couple shoulder checks um but again it sounds like it's hard to know where people are and i totally don't blame you like you probably had people saying if you have a big lead but you can't trust people on the course man like they they get it wrong half the time. Yeah, sure. exactly. <laughs> and I'm not someone who's going to like, I don't know. I've seen too many times where people not necessarily celebrate too early, but like this was, I knew I was in such a good spot. I was feeling good. I just didn't want to ruin this awesome race, this awesome experience. So I just kept pushing, like even on the run, when I hit the flat section with two miles to go, I kept pushing. I was like, I want to push myself. I mean, I kind of knew I had it and that's kind of, that actually fueled myself to, it fueled me to push even more. So I'm looking up the, the elevation of the run because it honestly was more of a trail run than anything. 
Yeah. So it was, let's see, I was going to try to find the stats for like what St. George was. So this is seven on my watch. I had 7.6 miles and elevation gain of 566 feet, which doesn't sound like a lot, but I don't know. Over a hundred meters and how long of a run? 7.6. I feel like it's probably more than that. Yeah, maybe my watch is wrong, but also the first four, like the first four or first two and last two are dead flat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you're basically just getting that all in three miles, which is right. a lot. That's actually really a lot. Yeah. Because you, cl- you essentially climb up the cliff twice, right? Because uh, coming off the flat the first time, you do all those right. stairs. And you go under the Golden Gate Bridge. Yeah. And then you run across you down. Where you have to cross, like you have to like go super it's a duck, super eh? tunnel, yeah and then yeah. you go down to baker's beach on the beach and then back up to yeah back up and over golden gate yeah and then and back down the stairs and then you have the people coming up the stairs at the same time that you're going down and it's like yeah, that would be just enough for yeah there was only one close call and it was actually at that tiny tunnel where it's only like one person can fit through um yeah and we both kind of like saw each other at the last second and I, he ended up making it through. And then I made it through right after him. But yeah, I was actually really happy with my stair running. I think I, I, I wish they had splits on more of the stairs because I was flying down the stairs, <laughs> taking a bit yeah. more risk on the stairs than I probably needed to. But yeah, it was, it was really fun. Yeah, so it's a really you, fun course. When did you think that you had it like, you know, that you were confident that you had the win and you just had to keep, keep it together. Was it before that you started the race or after during the race? <laughs> it was probably on the way back on the sand before the sand ladder. Cause I, yeah. I saw Eric and he was just coming to the beach. And so I was like, just, I was like pretty close to the sand ladder. And I also saw Miguel and yeah. when second place, like this is obviously shows how like, nice eric is but he like said yo nice job mark you know i said it back and i feel like when second place says that to first place i don't know <laughs> but it was it was just awesome and um but I, again i didn't want to i never knew where jason west you know it could be like a randy orton kind of thing jason west comes out of nowhere and you know chasing me down but no i um i'd say probably at the top of the stand ladder i kind of knew that i had it so with three miles to go i was able to just relax and just have fun so how many millions of dollars from sponsors have you been offered now for new uh, partnerships so far we'll keep that we'll we'll keep that um silent you know i'm not going to share that on this we'll just say he's gotten a lot of dis like 20 percent discount offers on products they've yeah you're right they've bumped my 20 percent discounts up to 25 percent discounts yeah they're really Ooh. serious now yeah. that's one thing i think that i think that is like a bit of a um i don't know something people don't understand about the sport is they think like you get one win and then you're just like oh i have so much sponsor now and make so much money but like it's not at all like that it really isn't no and i'm not ex- yeah and i kind of know that as well so obviously i'm going to follow up with all these um, connections I've made over whatever the years in the sport because I love staying in contact with these people and that's like a big part too is it's a, a relationship these these partnerships 
So I'm excited to follow up with a lot of people. Um, I mean, if someone offers me a bike, of course, you know, take it. Um, yeah, get this guy a freaking bike sponsor. Jesus. Like, oh, my God. Take. I know. His, he won that race on a bike from, like, that Lance Armstrong raced on in the 1995 Tour de France. It actually <laughs> is. That bike is now 10 years old. Oh, yeah. Wow. And I, yeah. it was, it's actually, it is 11 speed, but because of those zip, um, the zip disc or something with the spacing on the hub, I don't even know what's wrong. The rear derailleur touches and rubs on the disc. If I go into my 11, the easiest, sorry, the whatever, 28 in the back. So it's a, it's it's a 10, 10 speed. speed <laughs> <laughs> oh God, this is hilarious. Anyway. But it works. Awesome I've had some really good results on that. I got it from a friend. He pretty much gave me gave gave it to me for free. I mean, it was like a a, a friend's deal. Um, I mean, if Trek, obviously, my first ever bike was a Trek. I'm not sure if they're gonna care about that. <laughs> I bought my first bike with fifty cent lemonade, a fifty cent lemonade stand on the side of the road. No shit. <laughs> yeah. Do you mean your first like travel on bike or your first like tricycle? uh tricycle it wasn't a tricycle. <laughs> <laughs> it was a bike it was it only two wheels nice um well yeah that's a freaking unreal race fan congrats it's pretty sick how like rts like everybody's been having pretty much a good year who's been able to race um so you said you don't race for another month so what's what's coming up next are you going to take a bit of a break or are you just going to keep on smashing the training and um just you know doing what you do and race as much as you possibly can <laughs> um no definitely a bit of a rest week probably um today was a nice easy it was supposed to be an hour swim ish but it was like split 50 50 i mean i was wet for an hour i sat <laughs> swam and then i sat in the hot tub um i mean today was just yeah like active recovery and then i had a nice spin a small chain ring style spin um just a couple couple miles and yeah just stretching the legs out i am pretty sore um a lot of that's from the pavement my i could feel the bottom of my feet and my arches are just trashed and then also the bumpy roads my neck and like back are kind of messed up but yeah just recovery yeah. and the next race will be a down two downriver swims at 70.3 oregon most likely and then 70.3 Maine. So I'll do the Portland to Portland flight uh, back to back 70.3s. Portland nice. to Portland. Um, one, one question that I think we should probably ask uh, what shoes did you race in? I raced in the Jackson Laundry Special, which is what? The Zoom Fly, what are they called? Zoom Fly 3? No. <laughs> the Vaporfly Vapor Vapor Next Percent 3s. What is it? Vaporfly next percent three. Yeah, those all white. Nice. Nice. And those held up fine, like in the sand, uneven terrain, and that kind of stuff. Uh no, actually they didn't. Um, <laughs> no, they're fine. Um, just they I mean they're super breathable, which is obviously is what you want for triathlon. But at the end of the sand ladder, I had a ton of sand in my toe, like toe box. Yeah, so that was that they have big holes in them, so maybe not the best shoes for sand, but uh, but definitely the best shoes for fast running. They've I have them pretty tight, um, so they are fine for the trail running. But yeah, I really like those shoes. I've, I've worn the um, Asics 
whatever the edge as well and those are really good but i I'm, i tend to like the nikes a bit more nice so if anyone from nike's listening mark's available for sponsorships yeah um, available for those so we uh, got to get you into the u.s open that's going to be we got to nominate him yeah please not i feel him. like i feel like he has a great case now to be sure. in the u.s open definitely so yeah I'm nominating. that would be like, ideal obviously um so super excited well so super i'm excited for this race but i know how much more i have to go on the bike um so of course the pto would be uh, the biggest challenge on the bike for me but give me a shot i mean the ball's rolling and i'm really excited to see see this fitness pay off um but yeah You're i'm not improving super quick like that's the thing is you have like almost the fastest bike split there and that's no joke. Like, sure, it's only 18 miles, but like, it, it's the same trending upward. If your threshold's going up, it's going up. So, right. I think you got a great case for sure. And uh, Oregon and Maine are both in July. Is that right? Yeah. Um. Yes. So end of July and first weekend in August. Okay. So. So the Oregon Maine PTO race. So I wouldn't do all three. I would, I would skip Maine. Well, yeah, I think. The, they must be on the same weekend because the PTO is like August 5th, isn't it? Yeah, August 6th. And it's kind of a hometown race. I mean, Milwaukee's only two hours from where I grew up. There you go. There's another way to get you in the nomination. It's also an eight, the U.S. Um, national champs for age group. So it's going to be a pretty epic weekend there. For sure. Um, Should we? So you had some questions that you had through your Instagram, um, right? Dang, we are on the same train of thought here. Yeah, so I have, we can get into a little bit more details. I, I kind of already talked about my power on the bike, 330, whatever, uh, normalized. The average got messed up because of the auto pause. But yeah, some, some of the other questions were just the classic, like race day nutrition. Yeah, what'd you do? So, so it's a pretty short race, so probably not a ton. Right, and very good weather. I mean, it was mid-60s, I think, overcast. Um there was no overheating in that. And that's, you have a serious problem. Um, so yeah, I mean, little sponsor plug, precision hydration. That's kind of what I use the whole, whole time minus um, some maple syrup on the run, but I, I'm looking at my notes right now. So on the bike, I only did, I did one bottle, just the arrow bottle um, duct tape to the front of my, front of my bike. And uh, it was <laughs> duct tape, <laughs> dude. You could just do zip ties, you know that, right? No, the duct tape looks cleaner. Okay, <laughs> from afar. Um, I I did the uh, roughly like ninety to a hundred grams of of the precision hydration mix, like the powder on the front, and that that was um, yeah, that's really all I knew I needed. I mean, it was what a four, 18 mile bike 40 whatever five minutes i think so that's pretty good ratio carbs to hours and i i finished pretty much all of it and then i had so that was yeah 90 ish grams of uh carbs on the bike with 100 milligrams of caffeine and then heading out on the run i've been really liking just this little baby running flask with roughly like i think it was i didn't actually measure this time like 60 grams of carbs um, of syrup and then a bit more of the precision hydration 
Um, actually, no, sorry. I used the, the packets of sodium, so just straight sodium mixed in with the syrup. So probably 300 milligrams of sodium just to make sure that stays topped off. And that's all in this flask. So I'm sipping on that um, every K when my watch beeps. Oh, nice. there you go. That's a good system. Yep, I'm in K's. You guys would appreciate that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, America. And that's pretty much it for nutrition. Yeah. I didn't I didn't touch a aid station. Um, on and then the at the finish, water on myself or anything. And then after the race, you chugged six beers. Actually, I did not have a post-race beer, um, <laughs> which is unfortunate. Too expensive. Too expensive <laughs> in California. Yeah. Even with the prize money. Right. Exactly. Balling on a budget. I mean, that's actually one of the questions. Someone asked, "Did you enjoy the local cuisine of San Francisco?" And honestly, the two nights before the race, I ate microwave meals from trader joe's and everyone's gonna hate on that but they're delicious i got um the the was it orange chicken rice bowl used the microwave in the lobby it was, it was amazing nine bucks for dinner in san francisco can't beat that can't beat that this sounds like pretty much what i did before i won oceanside last year it's like microwave rice and like but bring a hot plate into the cheap shitty hotel room and cook some plain chicken. Right. I mean, I bet there's a lot of pros. I, I know a lot of pros who actually travel with a rice cooker um, and they're eating rice and you just want to have something that isn't too like, it's not messing up your gut. Yeah. Right before, you know, the biggest race of your life and can't go wrong with rice. Can't go wrong with, you know, this Trader Joe's meal that I've had plenty of times before. And I know I like it and I know it sits well. There you go. Yeah, that's the thing is you don't want to go to some fancy new restaurant and maybe after the race, but right. uh, you obviously had to, to, to skedaddle. But what was the after race like? Like, obviously, you've been a good performer over the last couple of years, but this is your first big sort of result. And what? how did you like that sort of attention that you always get with a win where everybody wants to talk to you and sort of congratulate you and stuff? Was everybody yeah, super I cool just, with it? Yeah, I was soaking it all in. They have like a, a big finish like area, obviously, when all the age groupers finished, you need a big space. So I, was, I did a few laps around that and just talking to people. There was a ton of spectators and it was just really fun talking, talking with these new people, um, meeting a lot of hopefully new fans, but people who like came up to me and like, you were looking so good. And, you know, just got to thank them for their for their cheering because it's it really helps when you're out in the course and you hear just random people cheering for you. Yeah, no, for sure. Every time you get that energy, you just use it. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was busy just like every post-race um, thing. We didn't have, I didn't have a hotel that night. I had to check out. So I shot back to the hotel, showered, and then thankfully Ben Hoffman had a room for Sunday night. So Brent and I put our stuff in there they stayed and did some touristy stuff and I biked back on my TT bike, did the awards um, on the stage, did some more a nice social hour, actually met a ton of nice people, like stayed in the VIP area specifically to network, get to know a lot more people. Um, now I have a bunch of new friends and then I biked back, did the good old lobby breakdown of the bike and, and then and Ben just happened to be going to the airport around the same time. And I rode with him to the airport. So hanging with 
honestly two legends of the sport for a while over the weekend, um, Brent and, and Ben Hoffman. So that was a blast. And those two old boys had a good battle with each other, it sounds like, with uh, Brent coming in fifth about 25 seconds ahead of Ben Hoffman. And then Jason West was only like 20 seconds ahead of them. So there's some close racing back there too. And then it looked like a good battle for second as well. But Mark Dubrick with the dominant nearly four minute win, which is like a huge breakthrough, unreal. And um, yeah, that's going to be, that won't be your first big win. So get used to it, but we'll get you, you got to get the, you got to get that bike sponsor out of that. That's good for a bike sponsor. I think. I, th I hope so. I mean, <laughs> like I said, that bike, it's, that bike is super fast still. It's just, I, I have these Envy wheels. We're obviously sponsored by Envy's. So there's this kind of funny thing going on. Everyone's like, get this man some wheels. You know, he's on rental zips. <laughs> they, are, they are rental zips. But, you know, I, I obviously opted to go disc brake from Envy, knowing I'd upgrade the TT bike to a disc brake bike because that's where the trend is going. Um, so hopefully, That's the yeah. interesting thing is, like, the bike's frames – probably not much difference between then and now but it's the wheels and the tire like because they're like you said you can't clear a wider rim and the yeah. tires like the wider and faster tires now so that's where like a lot of the difference comes in with exactly i mean we're not talking about minutes, all your gearing yeah and you can't can fit all your gearing on there yeah <laughs> i mean but i keep i it's of course i didn't have that big 28 but you know i was fine i I'd never needed it during the race, which is good. And then, um, yeah, I mean, my the rental wheels, definitely old school style of race wheel. I mean, it, that front wheel, even though it's a 25 mil, it probably measures <laughs> like a 23. At least it looks, it's so narrow. And then I'm still pumping my tires up to, you know, 100 PSI, which some people still think that's normal. But these envies <laughs> that we got, max PSI of these hookless wheels and tire combo is 73. Yeah, if you have the, yeah. 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 And you'll you'll you said you noticed the bumps on the downhills. That's where you're gonna notice a huge difference. Because <laughs> you got a wider tire and less PSI, but yeah, um, I definitely wasn't taking risks on those downhills. A lot of that was because of the because of the bumps and didn't want any pinch flats since since I'm still running good old tubes. Um oh, oh yeah. <laughs> oh Mark. Should we uh I, we can more questions this, but should we jump into like any more swimming was there enough detail was there so i think we should just rip through your questions okay yeah let's go through your questions if people Perfect. ask about the swim we can go into more of that sweet so we we obviously cover covered nutrition there was a few questions about that nothing special um there with just using precision hydration for everything except for the the syrup well, the um, maple syrup too. Uh, did you get Vermont stuff, or did you get like real Canadian grade maple syrup? Yeah, I actually just what was it, whatever was at Trader Joe's. I think it was good old Canadian um, dark. Oh, good, that that's why. Yeah, I was about yeah, to check, why. but so my bike it's it's not here. They lost down the way home. That's <laughs> um, well, so probably I, for the best. Yeah, it's just taking a, it's a, taking a trip of its own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or it wanted to stay in San Fran for another night. Maybe it met someone. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, yeah, the other questions I had really just focused around the swim and, and why I decided or why did I go a different way from everyone else. And I had gotten some good intel from Greg Harper, who's 
who had the fastest swim and won the swim obviously last year. He's a, a Cal swimmer, super good. So he gave me some really good tips about like, if you're a strong swimmer, you can do like, you can just do the straight shot. Um, and the only reason they don't necessarily want you to go super straight and they want you to go to shore is, is more for the age groupers. Cause you don't want to, they don't want them to fight the current at the end of the swim when you're more tired. But, you know, honestly, I'm actually probably recovering at the end of the swim more than anything. I'm pushing the beginning to get a gap and I'm settling in as I go through the swim and, and it's getting easier at the end of the swim. Um, so yeah, I, I saw this red roof of the yacht club about 10 minutes in the swim and I was able to easily sight it from there on out. Um, everyone else kind of went more to the left. They followed this, this lead boat, which really wasn't the lead boat. I was the freaking lead boat um, <laughs> until it saw me. And then, yeah, I just, I, that was the plan was to, to do that, go as straight as I possibly could. I've always been really good at sighting and swimming pretty straight, which obviously really helps in, in open water when there's zero buoys. And then I was just, yeah, I knew if I wanted to win this race, I needed a gap. Um, I didn't know it was going to be a minute 40, especially to someone like Eric Lagerstrom. But, you know, I was obviously happy with that. I didn't hear the split. I, I didn't hear any split until I got onto the run. So it's just kind of biking blind. But yeah, I don't know what else from the swim. I mean, it's super choppy. So for, for that kind of conditions, you just, if you can get a good breath and get a feel for the waves, you know, keep staying in that, that rhythm. Um, it's, it was pretty difficult though, with those waves coming off the wall, coming from other boats, coming whichever way. Um, yeah, sight on the top of the wave and get on people's feet. If, if you are in a group. And any sharks or seals sighted? Thankfully no wildlife for me. Uh, I saw a video of someone on shore. They like, had a freaking mega camera with a mega zoom and I saw they showed it to me and there was a seal like maybe a quarter mile away from me behind me maybe even closer <laughs> but I never saw it um no sharks thankfully and yeah that's what everyone talks about though is the sharks but I think you're more likely to see uh, you're definitely more likely to see a seal because I guess they're really curious want to hang out with the other people who are dressed like seals <laughs> yeah <laughs> Geez, there's a lot of seals out here today. Go say hi. <laughs> like, what's going on? Yeah, these seals are slow as shit at swimming. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, what else did you have for questions? Any um, requests? Any odd requests? Yeah, no. Thankfully, no odd requests. I can double check. Someone did ask about the sand ladder, and we obviously covered that a little bit. Um, and it is brutal. I never, I didn't see it before. But I, yeah, I fell going up it. I was like, cause one of the, they're not all exposed above the sand. So a lot of times just kind of mountaineering up this, uh, this sand bank. Uh, so the footing is obviously not good. And I think to answer this guy's question, it, I just one foot after the other, cause I knew there's another half mile above it of going up. So I definitely didn't do anything too crazy going up it and uh, used my those railings because that really helped keep, keep the momentum going so um you also had the fastest run by like two and a half minutes i think you should just point that out people but no, no don't point that out because i still want people to think 
I'm just a swimmer. Well, yeah, but people are not stupid. Like, you got out of the water a minute and a half ahead, and you won by, like, almost five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> but just a swimmer. Actually, no, I knew it was Nick. He also outran me at freaking 7.3 St. George, and I'll never get over it. It was by, like, 10 seconds or something. So Yeah, it was pretty close. Um, I don't so, really, but he, he only runs that fast because of his swim, so... <laughs> that actually is all right that was another question someone asked me the other day is like like because my running has been really consistent lately and they're like why like what have you been doing different to be so consistent or why what like why is your run all of a sudden you know pretty good and I wouldn't say it's all of a sudden good I mean I ran in college I wasn't amazing in college but um you're fast though weren't you like a 14 low runner yeah games? but in college that doesn't get you anywhere I was yeah I was 14 20 and I mean a 3k was my best I was 8 10 but I think the biggest thing for for me at least in in the 70.3 stuff now being able to run well off the bike is just getting well it's like double-edged sword like I'm getting stronger on the bike the lifting is really helping and then obviously I'm progressing the run itself so being stronger and not as tired and fatigued off the bike has just helped that even more yeah, I think the strength seems to be a good you – you're definitely responding super well. Your bike's improving. And um, that's what people – I think, like, people who run well in a half aren't always, like, the super fastest runners for short course stuff. And it's it's definitely that strength that you have and uh, that you're, you're building now. So with the strength training, have you noticed, like, changes in any other aspects of – triathlon or is it really just translated more to the bike and like have you like put on muscle mass or is it just like getting stronger i, I think i've uh, actually yeah i guess all the above to that I've, I've seen it translate in quite a few ways um first off i always was battling this achilles issue for the longest time and i thought it was a lot of it, it was a little bit of a fit issue on my bike uh, i think my saddle was just a bit too high and then also my hamstrings were just crazy weak. I had a, a PT eval um, last year, end of last year, and we just noticed my hamstrings were crazy weak. And at the end of hard run sessions, I would always get this like tight, weird tightness, um, pulling in my hamstring, like glute area. But ever since lifting and being more dedicated to that, I've really had no Achilles issues and I've had no hamstring issues. Um, I just feel stronger and at the end of long runs, like more than I have ever, like even in college, you know, after college runs, you just feel broken after a long run. A lot of that's because you're running way too fast with no nutrition and you're just like racing it. At least that's what we did. Um, but yeah, it's funny how that's just like a cultural thing that every university does. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Man. We just go, out. I mean, I wasn't even that high mileage, but yeah, you just go out 60 mile long run, not even a sip of water. And you're like 16 miles that you have to run below 630 or else it doesn't count as a run. Yeah. <laughs> 630 per mile. There's still people who believe that the line will still believe that. Yeah. And I mean, I think it could work for a lot of people, but it's just like my coach and I right away noticed like, I mean, where was the focus? Like, of, of course, where's your focus? And I'm not saying it's not going to work for some people, but for me, it was, yeah, take those easy days, super easy. Like I'm not running any faster than 4:30 per K, um, on an, on an easy day. And, and then I skip over 
4.30 to 3.30 and running below 3.30 on hard days. You know, there's just this huge gap that I'm never touching. Just taking yep. those easy days really easy. That's the way to do it. So And checking your lactate all the time, right? Were you checking yeah. it during the race? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I was – no, yeah, no, I wasn't. I don't, I've never done lactate testing. Yeah. Well, more and more people are figuring out that it doesn't do anything. Um, so – other questions? I've, I've, there's got to be some weird question in there. Come on. Just just find it. Yeah, I'm finding it. We'll see. There wasn't – people kept it appropriate, which is uh, surprising. Lame. I know. Matt Sharp. Good question, though. Your nutrition. So we, we covered that. Yeah. Um, so Justin Real said um, sighting line. Was it luck, skill, or both? And I want to honestly, I want to say skill. It's all skill. skill. Skill, just straight skill. But yeah. there were a few doubts. Like <clears throat> I had the kayakers like kind of urging me to come into shore a bit more. Um, not saying like I, I wasn't doing anything wrong. Like, but they were scared for me probably to be out that far. Because um, <laughs> a lot of people, like even during the race, they like were too, a little bit too far out, and then they just get taken by the current past the swim exit, and then. They either have to come in like way past the swim exit into shore or try to swim against current, which is super hard. Um, yeah, honestly, no one went anything weird, which is I'm fine with. So if you guys have any weird questions that you want to know about. I think we've already asked all the weird ones. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, I mean, we've been on for really like 50 minutes. So we can uh, we can wrap her up here, man. Um, congrats, dude! That's a huge win. That's like such an iconic race. I was so fired up just when I saw that you had a lead at all, like coming off the bike. I was like, "Oh my god, that's unreal!" Uh, just talking to you, you wouldn't know that you're like one of the fastest triathletes, not only in the U.S. but just like in the world. It's really deceiving. So uh, good for you, man. Really happy. Hey, you're not cocky enough. Took that so, um, so you don't well, fit thanks, the it's, it's fun. Yeah. Like you said, Jackson, earlier, like we had, it was a fun weekend for real trial squad. A lot of people raced well. Uh, Leslie got her second spot for the same world champs, which is good. Yeah, she got it. We had Nicole had a really good breakthrough day coming sixth in Boulder. And then Lisa was third in an uphill bike race. A yeah. Mountain bike been, uphill race. Sounds freaking brutal, man. Miserable. Yeah. <laughs> so it was a great weekend but we uh yeah thanks for coming on and talking man this has been awesome and people are definitely gonna be uh keeping you on the radar now even for the longer stuff because it always takes a pretty stellar athlete to win alcatraz so looking forward to hey and we're gonna race together hopefully in u.s open but definitely at 70.3 worlds in finland yeah. we already booked that thing. not only racing each other we're gonna be living together yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to get in your head and just completely wait, shut yeah. down any chances you have. <laughs> yeah, it's fun. Uh, I got to go, but I guess I just missed my dad's uh, little bir- – we're singing happy birthday to him. I didn't know. That's, oh, just- oh, get out of here, dude. All right, get out of here. Thanks, dude. Hey, guys, we'll, we'll talk soon. Right, dude. Yeah, Jeez, man. we'll see you, man. Bye. Flying through the sky in my parachute Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise On a one-man mission trying to see it through